Father, we just thank you today for your presence. Father, for you being in your house. We are your house, but we're gathering today, so we declare this is your house because we are the house of God. And today, Father, we thank you for your presence. Your presence is the difference maker in everything that we do, in a message taught in worship and songs that are sung to you. It's your presence in the midst of all of that that makes the difference. We thank you, for, Father, for your presence today in this place. We honor you. We give you great praise. And I thank you as the word goes forth today. It will not return void, but accomplish what it was set out to accomplish in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Glory to God. So, really, really take serious what we, the challenge we gave you at the beginning of the year to read a proverb every day. There's something about, there's something about the truth of the word as God has directed that, that liberates your life. Um, you know, reading a proverb every day, you know, I, I had, I've had a couple of people say to me, you know, it's hard to understand how that some of the things in Proverbs relates to you. Yeah, it, it, it can be. But if you read a proverb every day, this whole year, every day, every day, if you read a proverb every day, this whole year, and if you don't read one, then just pick it up the next day. You know, don't say, oh my gosh, I missed a day, so that means it's all shot. No, it didn't. Just keep reading, right? I'm telling you, by the end of the year, you're going to see things in Proverbs that will minister to you. I, I, I've come to the place where I realize that pretty much every answer to every situation in life you can find in Proverbs. I, I'm telling you. I mean, you got to spend time. you got to have the Holy Ghost to reveal to you how that relates to you on, in, a, in a personal way on a day-to-day -day basis. But I'm finding lots of answers in the book of Proverbs. I challenge you with it, and I've read it every day. A couple of times I've missed a day, so I read my second one. I read two of them the next day. But I haven't missed any. I'm staying with it, and, I, and I've done this many times, and I'm telling you, it's bringing wisdom and understanding to me like wisdom I feel like that I've never had before, just from the reading of the Scripture. Amen? So, <clears throat> today we are in our series on covenant. And um, like I've told you before that I have... I've taught on this subject many times in the last 33 years, but I've never taught it like I'm teaching it now. And that, that's what I love about God, and I love about His Word, and I love about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit brings to you and, and reveals to you things about topics or, or truths from God's Word. He brings you things and gives you things uh, from one level to the next level when it can be handled. And God know, knew how this needed to be delivered. And what I'm going to give you and deliver to you today, I believe will liberate your life when you see the Word like that. Um, I was telling this in the prayer circle this morning. 
This week I had, I had a call from somebody that was talking to me about um, just kind of a, not a, not a close friend, uh, but just a, just a friend, just a person that I, acquaintance, I'll say it more like that. And, and he was talking about all the difficulties that he's experienced in church life. He's a pastor, and he's talking to me about all the difficulties that he had ex- has experienced over the last couple of years over the, through all the COVID issues. And um, the longer he talked, you know, I was just listening. I was thinking to myself, um, so when this thing hit, I'm just thinking this to myself. When this thing hit, what did you really believe in the Word? When, when, this, when, when COVID hit, what did you believe? Because for me, I'm just talking about myself, and, for, and I know that's the, that way for many of you. When, when COVID hit, um, it was an opportunity to apply what we believe. So all of our preparation in life was to handle and be able to walk through what we face, but anything else that comes. As I was listening to this person, the last words that he said is, you know, man, I'm just not sure what I'm going to do. And I encouraged him as much as I can. You know, when, when someone's pretty stuck on where they're at, and they're being moved by their circumstances, and the Word is not directing there's not a lot you can do for them. Did you hear me? I've come to find out that. I used to try to shove the Word in and down people, but they weren't ready to handle it. You can't do that. It doesn't work. The Word doesn't work that way. Right? The best thing you can do for someone like that is pray for them. They went on my list that I pray for every day, they went on my list, and, it, and, and they, were, they were already there, but, but they kind of went to the top of my list because of the way that I pray. And what they need is Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1 prayed over them every day so that their eyes are opened up so they can see clearly what God wants to do for them. Because when you say, you don't know what you're going to do, I mean, I'm not saying I got every answer for every situation every day, but I got Him. Hmm. And He knows everything about everything. I'm going to say it again. The God that lives inside of me, He knows everything about everything. And He said, if I'll go to Him, He'll give me what I need. So I'm just saying, when people make those kind of comments, don't judge them, don't be ugly, don't be whatever toward people. But mostly what you can do for them is pray that their eyes be opened up so they can come to the place to be able to receive from God about what to do. Today, I'm very, very, very thankful and grateful that I've always stayed with God's Word, that my daily routine of the Word of God and the seed of the Word of God has set me up and prepared me and positioned me to receive all that God has because the manifestation that people look for, that people look for in their lives, the manifestations are in the seed themselves. They're in the seeds of the Word. And that's why the Word has to constantly be sown 
has to constantly be watered and developed so that from the seed itself, it produces the manifestations in our lives. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so I said this to you in, in the last two messages, that everything in scriptures, everything from Genesis to Revelation is covenant writings. Everything is covenant. Today, <clears throat> Amanda, at the, at the end of the service, I want you to do, I want you to play that new song again. If you weren't going to play that, I want you to play it again. Because in that, that song that was sung regarding the name of Jesus, those were covenant words. And I want you to think today in relation to the, the two previous words that we've shared, I want you to think today <clears throat> in a greater way about the covenant that you have with God as you are believing the Word of God. See, we're actually in a place where we're safe and secure to believe the Word of God because of the covenant we have. But I'm going to show you something about covenant today that literally I have not seen. I've not seen it quite like this my whole born-again life. I've been saved for 45 years. And there's something I'm going to share with you that I've not seen until the last year about covenant that has liberated my life. I'm believing it's liberating your life today in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16. For where a covenant is, this is in the New American Standard Bible, for where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. For it is never in force while the one who made it lives. I want to read this, these two verses in the message translation because I want you to get what he's saying here. And I, I feel like the message here did a really good job of explaining what these two verses mean. Verse 16 in the message. Like a will that takes effect when someone dies, the new covenant was put into action at Jesus' death, the new covenant. His death marked the transition from the old plan to the new one, canceling the old obligations and accompanying sins and summoning the heirs. Say, that's me. Say it. No, say it like you mean it. Summoning the heirs to receive the eternal inheritance that was promised to them. Woo! Everybody say, that's me. Hmm? Summoning. Can you hear the summon? There is an inheritance that belongs to you and I. Amen? He brought together, and I want you to remember this point because this is the, to me, one of the life-changing points that God had give, has given me in the last year. 
He said, it says it here, he brought together God and his people in this new way. We know from Scripture that God and his man and his man's wife in the garden, they were connected, they were one, they were, they were connected spiritually. God gave man all authority and man gave it away. God didn't take it back, man gave it away. This new covenant brought man and his people, as it says right here, brought together God and his people in this new way. What had been lost in the beginning, now it came back with the second Adam, and now there's a new covenant and a new connection, and it's real, and the more you understand it and the more you live by it, there's a life free from fear that God can't do what He said He'll do. Because the enemy works constantly over time to convince humanity that what you see with your eyes, what you hear, the way things appear to be, are more real than what God has promised. And the promise, every promise that we have from God is covenant language. It's already ours. It's not going to be when we see it. It's not going to be maybe in sometimes and, you know, when all the stars line up. No, it's already that way because of the blood. Brought man and God back together again in a new way. And man, I tell you what, I like that new way. Hmm? I like the new. Everybody say amen to that. I, I, I like the new. I'm living in the new. How about you? I'm living in this new covenant stuff. <clears throat> I want to give you these couple of definitions. There's, there's all kinds of definitions, but, but the ones that I've put together from different forms of, you know, different dictionaries and, and in my study, covenant is a, it's a bond. Well, covenant means to cut, first and foremost. It means to cut, and it means, covenant is where blood flows. The cut or the incision is where blood is flowing. First message I talked about, like when I, when, I don't know if you did this or not, but when we were kids, you know, we, we, uh, I spent a lot of time out in the desert building forts and all this kind of thing, and we found out about Indians and what Indians used to do and blood brothers and all those kind of things, and we cut our fingers and mingle our blood or whatever. And, and little did we know, the words that we spoke, everybody speaks words over their little whatever, you know, innocent type covenants, but those are real words. And when blood flows, there's a covenant that, it, that starts. Whether you believe it or not, it's real. You realize the covenant that God has with mankind is real whether you believe it or not. That's why it's so important that we've got to be so aware of our words and everything that comes out of our mouth every single day of our life. But a covenant is a bond or a binding pledge. A covenant is being one 
when you enter into covenant, you're being one with another through trust. Through trust. Many times, people can be born again, but not really be in covenant relationship with God Almighty because they don't understand. And, and many people that I know, like the person I was talking to on the phone this last week, I, I'm, not, I'm not judging that person at all, and that person will not hear me saying what I'm saying to you, and I'm not speaking behind their back, I'm just using this as an example to say that in that area that, that he was talking to me about, there's a lack of trust in what God can do for him. Did you hear what I'm saying? I've been in those places many, many times. I'm not judging him, I'm not looking down on him. What I'm trying to do in what I'm sharing with you today is to elevate you to a place of security in God. There is a place of security and it's called covenant. It's not just in knowing some of the word and, you know, I've been in church long enough. Being in church long enough won't do a thing for you if you're not doing anything with what you're hearing. And if you're in church and you're not hearing the right things, okay, then you establish things in your life that are off. When I was growing up, my dad was a golf pro, and and, uh, he taught me golf, and I was good. He was a good teacher. He's was a teacher for many years. He actually still teaches today at 88 years old. Teaches me. <laughs> Every time I go home about once a month or six weeks or whatever, I get another golf lesson. And, and he's always taught me. He's always been my teacher. And he used to tell me, we'd go out of the driving range and he'd look out at some guys that he had been teaching. Well, they were getting instruction from other people like that. And he said, uh, he said those guys right there, they've got rabbit ears. They listen to everything and everyone and everybody's opinion about everything. And, in, in, and, and what happened was, as a result of that in the golf world, is that you get confused. Well, you can have rabbit ears in the kingdom. Where all you do, you listen to everything about, that everybody says about every situation or whatever. And, and you put... You, you put more stock in what other people say than where you're planted. And when you're planted in the house, you're going to flourish if you take what you hear, because in this house, the word that's brought is serious word. I I can't speak for other houses. I'm not saying that there's not others that do it. I know there are. I know uh, lots of men and women of God that are real and they're serious about what they bring to the kingdom of God. But if you're not serious and you're just, it's just a place to, to, you know, bring somebody that you, something that you read in the Reader's Digest or whatever, or even word from Scripture, but it's off. It's not, it's not leading people to a relationship and confidence in a covenant relationship with God. If it's off there, then you're going to learn the wrong way, and there's going to be a lack of stability and a lack of knowing that God will do what He said He'll do. And it comes from covenant. But we have to realize that everything that we read in the Word of God is covenant. Either directly or indirectly, it all connects. It's like a massive puzzle and all the pieces go together. The deal is, 
You can't figure the Word out with this. You've got to have the Holy Spirit inside that's one with your spirit revealed to you daily what God is saying. That's why we have to have an ongoing daily routine and development of relationship with God that can't quit because the devil's working overtime. And if you take a break, that break could turn into, you know, I'm done. I've been shocked in the last few years to hear of people committed Christians in ministry, strong in ministry, saying that they They've renounced Christianity. I've heard it with my own ears. I don't believe in that anymore. You don't believe in what? No, the problem is you didn't ever believe. Not really believe. Because when you believe something, you're sure of it. And until we get to the place of believing, we got to stay in developing because you'll be talked out of it, I promise you. Because what we see and what we hear and how we feel and the way things appear to be is so much more real than half-hearted Christianity that we're not developing on a day-to-day basis. It's real. You can be developing that and it's still real. And you've got to remind yourself every day, I'm not moved by what I see, I'm only moved by the covenant connection I have with God Almighty has to be that way. So, the majority of the rest of my time, I want to read to you out of John chapter 17. And here is my point that I'm going to make to you today that literally changed my life. And you know, (laughs) how many things in life that are life-changing are spectacular. Very few. The life-changing things are not spectacular. We're looking for the spectacular to have this supernatural transformation, and yet it's the simplicity of God's Word that He reveals something to you that is like, God, how, how did I not see that? How did I not see that? Gosh, I love this chapter. Love this chapter. I find myself all the time in the middle of the night waking up. I find myself waking up a lot in the middle of the night. And the first words out of my mouth... God, I love you. Man, man. And most of the time, that's it. God, I just love you. And what that means to me is, God, thank you for loving me in spite of me. Thank you for loving me in spite of me. Thank you for setting up this covenant connection even before I chose And even when I had opportunity to choose and I didn't choose, thank you, that it was still there for me. And even after I chose and I've made stupid mistakes, it's still there for me. 
God, I love you. I love you. Sometimes I feel like I wake up because I want to say that to him. <laughs> God, I just want you to know I love you. God, I love you. Just close your eyes for a minute and just in your own words, just quietly, just to yourself, just, just tell him. Just, just tell him. Just tell him that you love him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Amen? God is good and he's faithful. John 17 and 1. Jesus spoke these words. lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know, he, that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. There's a covenant connection there in what the Father's will was and the obedience of the Son. I said to you, <clears throat> one of my definitions of covenant, I want to remind you of this, it's the coming together of two separate parties on their own. A covenant connection <clears throat> is not a joint obligation. If it was, Jesus would have waited to die and pay the price until we all got ready. No, He paid it. He did His. No regrets. No thinking, man. You know, when I was about 15 years old, look at that Burt Wimberley. What a worthless piece of whatever. I, I, I need to take back what I did. No, 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 no. He gave it. True covenant connection is not a joint obligation. It's two people coming together, and it's their choices individually that they make and become one. The Father's will before the foundation of the world, the Father's will, was to liberate mankind even before they missed it. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Son made the ultimate sacrifice, but it was the ultimate act of submission because He was not connected at the moment with the will of the Father. He said, Lord, if there be any other way, yet not my will, but yours be done. He connected and came into that covenant connection. It said in, in, in the Message Bible that it happened when He died. No, it happened in the garden. Right there was the covenant connection between, watch this, the covenant we're talking about is the covenant between Father and and son. That's what makes this thing unbeatable. 
This covenant connection isn't first and foremost with me and Jesus. This covenant connection started in the garden between Father and Son. Father, if there be any other way, as he began to sweat drops of blood and begin to realize what he was going to pay, a, a flesh and blood man just like you and I, and he began to realize what he was going to pay, the price he was going to pay, God, if there be some other way to do this, but not what I want. It's what you want. And in that moment, remember, Jesus didn't come here to become the Son of God. He already was the Son of God, the living Word. He didn't come here to become that. He came here to be the one that would connect us back with Father. And that's the surety that there is in this covenant relationship that we have with Him. He said here, as we were reading, He said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was, before the foundation of the world. Listen to me. Here's a really, really, really good thing to remember. This is before the Garden of Gethsemane. And we just read that Jesus had already finished it. He had already made his mind up. Is that true? And then he begins to experience in the garden all of the temptations, all the sicknesses, all the torment, everything that would come against humanity ever, he began to experience that. And he, and he, God, if there be any other way, listen to me, thank God that no human being will ever have to endure or deal with what he dealt with. But because he dealt with it, now you and I have to face it. But now we face it with the strength of the word that we believe and the confidence that we can hear the voice of the Spirit that brings the revelatory word that I need in every given situation that I face. And there's times when it's like this. Look at me. Boom. But He ignites you. He did that in the garden. God there be any other way not mine but yours you're it it's, it's about you and, and this whole thing is about me bringing them back to us see because he's, he's the third part of the triune being but he's part of the triune being he's, he's as much a part of it as the father is so what he was saying is I, I, I can't give in because of the pressure 
I've got to rise up in the strength of who you are and who we are and let this thing know it's not winning. Listen to me. The devil comes at you every day. Now, this is going to sound weird, but listen to me. He comes at you every day with the fury of a counterfeit heaven. You ever seen good counterfeit bills? Good ones? I mean, they're hard to detect. Years ago, before the ink pens and all that kind of thing, people, this is the way you'd get a $100 bill, and it was like, you know, if you worked at a place or whatever, and you studied it, and you know, man, I mean, a lot of them got overlooked because they were really close. The devil comes at you every day with a fury of a counterfeit heaven making you think that what he says and the way things appear to be and the lies of the enemy are more real than the promises of God. That's why you need the seed of the Word coming out of your mouth on a day-to-day basis. Remember, the confessions that we develop on a day-to-day basis, those confessions are to change the way you think to empower you to be able to overcome. Those those confessions don't change your circumstances in the moment. They're changing you. They're reminding you because if you're not speaking the word every day, you're speaking all kinds of mess. And you're listening to stuff. I mean, there's an information highway out there that is inundating humanity with lies from everywhere, making you think that the lies are true. I'm... How apparent is that right now in our country, around the world, that the lies are literally true? They're lies. John 17 and verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He's talking about us. That they all may be one. That's covenant. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me. Listen to me. The covenant between the Father and Jesus are the reason that we can be one with Him. That covenant with the Father and Jesus was established in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus made the choice to win for humanity. He, was, he didn't come to the earth to become the Son of God that He already was. He came here to become the Son of Man. And He won that moment. Covenant was established. That's what we're one with. Where, 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 where is Jesus today? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Where are you and I? <laughs> sitting right next to Him. We're not underneath Him. We're sitting right next to Him. He scooted over, and he sat us right next to him. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we've been seated with him. All authority, all dominion, all power, all everything, it's all ours. Huh? He, did, he didn't make a mistake. Paul didn't, you know, write it down wrong. 
in some negative way and, and, and didn't mean what he said. No, it meant exactly what it said. We're seated with him in heavenly places. That's where you and I are. Father and Jesus are one. And he said, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That they also may be one in us. Jesus and the Father and me. <laughs> Jesus and the Father are connected. You know, there was another one that wanted everything that the Father had. That was the worship leader in heaven. And he was, he was adored. And he chose himself. And when Jesus was headed to the cross... He made up his mind right here. He got in the garden. It appeared to be a little overwhelming. But this isn't about me. It's about you, Father. And it's about you and all of humanity connecting again. And that's the covenant relationship we have. And that's what we can rest in. And we can know when we're facing things that appear that there's no answers for, we've got the answers. Today, where's Corey at? Is Corey in here? Oh, there he is. Today in our prayer circle, Corey brought the word in there and he shared about Friday he had a difficulty and it was with a cell phone, an issue with a cell phone. And he went through the whole story about, about what he walked through. And, he, and, and what came out of his mouth was that he's so thankful for being taught how to develop a daily routine because in the moment when he needed the word to keep him from being overcome by a cell phone situation, the peace of God came on him. Direction came on him. He pulled away instead of getting under pressure and having to do something. He pulled away. He prayed in the spirit. Then he did, went and did what God told him to do. And as a result of doing what God told him to do, Saved him $200. God will save you money. I'm just making the point. I don't care whether it's a cell phone. I don't care if it's, a, if it's some diagnosis that you've been given by a doctor of something that is attacking your body. I don't care what it is. It can be something that appears to be small and insignificant. I'm telling you, a, a cell phone issue like what he was talking about can turn into a really big thing if you have no word. And the security that we have is that that word we have, those promises we have, those are covenant-bathed promises. They're dipped in the blood. They are sure. Listen to me. God cannot lie. It's not like He could lie and He chooses not to. He cannot lie. It's covenant. There was an incision Blood came out. Blood flowed. As a result of that, there's a covenant connection, first and foremost, with God and Jesus. And secondly, with us. And he said, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know, the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire 
they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. He says it again. You loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it. That the love, the covenant love that which you love me may be in them and I in them. The thing that changed my life over a year ago was realizing And, and it seems really simple, but I realized the Father was more involved in this sacrifice and this covenant connection than I had ever, ever had any thought of. That, that I, and I know God so loved the world that He gave Jesus. And somewhere in my thinking, I would just always go back to him, to Jesus. Because it was about the Father gave it, and it was like, it was almost like, okay, Father gave, and so, uh, so he's just kind of standing back and letting the rest of, no, no. He's as much or more involved in this covenant connection than anybody else. Because without him, there's no vision. He had the vision for this. And without him, there's no confidence that daddy's got my back. I mean, literally, daddy has got me covered. He's got my back. And as a result of that, now, as the song sang, as we sang in the song today, the name of Jesus is the key to our victory. And I want to read you, and I know I'm, I'm almost about to go too long, but I, I, I just I have to read this to you today, these, these three verses. Just listen to them. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Everything that you pray, we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. You can't leave either one of them out because they are the covenant. And when the blood was cut, the decision was already made. The covenant happened in the garden because they can't lie. But when the blood was cut, you and I became a part. Can you say amen? And we have a covenant connection with God Almighty that whatever we do, in word or deed, we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's covenant. John 16, 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. What day? Today. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. See, they asked Jesus for everything up until this time. They asked Him for everything while He was there. But now we're in this day and He said in that day, in this day, we don't ask Him anything. Now we go to the Father in His name. And what do we have backing us up? 
that covenant, that blood covenant, that surety of this covenant that will never go away. Never. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how long anything has taken to manifest in your life. I don't care what it looks like. We're in covenant relationship with the one that knows everything about everything, has done everything about everything, is not tiltering on the throne right now because of all the uncertainties in, in our country and, 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 and around the world and the planet. He's, he's not upset. He's not concerned about anything. What he's looking for is for you and I to rise up and believe him and trust him, right? It's your choice. Remember, he did his work, right? But this isn't, this isn't something that happens together. It happens by two separate ones. He did his work. Now I have to choose to trust. But the trust will never come out of the lack of revelation and understanding of the covenant that we have. Can you say amen? In the last verse I have, John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, <clears throat> for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. When my wife and I, when we married, August the 10th, 1979, we married. And that day, We became friends. When Jesus made the decision for covenant, I don't call you servants anymore. You're not anything now. You're my friend. Jesus and the Father are our friends. He's allowed us into his world. And he calls us friends. The day my wife and I married, first and foremost, we became friends. And we've been developing that friendship relationship ever since. For 43 years this year. It's pretty good that I remember those dates and all that kind of stuff, right? Huh? Come on, men, huh? Is that good or what? Did I get a hand clap for that or something? <clears throat> I'm joking, I'm joking. <clears throat> but I'm saying, when you talk about somebody that's your friend, you're comfortable being around them. You can say what you want to say. You can get things off your chest. You can do what you need to do. When you're friends, there's nothing secret. There's nothing hidden. Because in covenant relationship, everything that's mine is hers. Everything that's hers is mine. With him, he said that everything that is his is mine and everything that's mine is his. He's taken my stuff. 
And when we, <laughs> we bring my stuff into light of his stuff, well, we put it up in a garage sale. <laughs> can you say amen? What can compare to him and his greatness and who he is? He's an amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. God, I love you. God, I love you today. I love you, Lord, today.